Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of My Dog Has Fleas. We have Carlos joining us today for this very special topic on service dogs. We're going to be talking about things to think about, the training involved, and what we're seeing in the industry. We're going to go on ahead and just dive right into it. We'll start off with some of the concerns that we see with clients who are asking for service dog training but don't necessarily require it meaning they have not been recommended a service animal from their healthcare professional and want a dog to accompany them everywhere, which is not a justification for a service dog. And Carlos, you were mentioning something else of possible trainers providing or not providing training? Like not knowing if you're going to get actual service dog training or not when you're reaching out to someone that says that they'll give it to you and they'll just slap a, a certificate they printed off of whatever website and downloaded mm-hmm. a patch no, bought a patch from Amazon that says guide dog or service dog. That is, you know. That's happening so much. It's it's happening too often. And it's really sad because it's it's definitely going to ruin things for people who actually need service dogs. Yeah. And we get calls for that weekly. And we worry when we're hanging up saying that we don't offer that as to where they're going to end up to try to find that. Um, so we try to give them as much information before we let them go and, and to, to be weary of my approach um, to yeah. that. It's, it's different. Cause like there, it's so involved. It's like, okay, so I'm going to need, you know, um, a signed release, uh, to be able to talk to your healthcare team, you know, so whether it be an occupational therapist or your doctor, uh, the veterinarian is going to have to be involved in this dog's, um, well-being and and the behaviors that you're asking of it so we always have to make sure the dog is capable we do the assessment so you know by the time i've said all of this they don't want me to know their business you know so you kind of weed them out and then you figure out that it was for selfish reasons that they wanted the dog they wanted to put the dog on the flight with them they want to be able to travel but um they actually don't have the documentation to say that you know they were recommended a service animal Wait, so you're going at it another route, which is, yes, fully, because I, I asked them as well why you want to serve. Not necessarily why, uh, but what, um, how old the dog is. And the moment I hear the age, which is not eight weeks old. Right. Um, I'm thinking, okay, it's because, uh, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's for some personal reasons. Um, yeah. And then the other part is, like, if you ask people um in what capacity is this dog going to be working so you could have a service dog that just works within the house you don't need to have them have public access they're just in the home they provide help to you when you need it um and i will say that and they'll be like oh no i need to go everywhere with me and i'm like oh okay um and then i start to tell them that at at any point during their training they can be disqualified for behavior or not being able to pick up on it like just because you have a dog um and they're great with certain things does not mean that they're they're going to excel at this this task this job that you've given them um and most dogs um don't start actual service dog training until about a year and fully are complete you know it takes two years or so to really get those behaviors down and they're bred from the dogs that are already doing that or at least have the quality And even those uh, dogs sometimes are disqualified. You know what I mean? Because maybe they're too social. Maybe they're just yeah, too happy. Yeah, there's a good documentary on uh, on Netflix about, uh, I think it's four different four different dogs. I think mainly guide dogs. And I think another one is uh, to pick up on, uh, on changes in someone's blood pressure or, or if yep. they're about to have a seizure, I believe. And I'm thinking yep. that's, that's and, a and lot of expectations. So- some of these alert dogs, like ones that we're talking about, like that does diabetes, diabetes alert dogs, um, 
the alerting part of it, we have technology that is so right. far advanced that it's greater than having your dog or relying on your dog. Maybe your dog misses it. So go to your devices, but there's other things we can teach the dog. So now we have alerted um, our devices told us, you know, um, our sugar is low and you can have things in your home that the dog can go and, and bring for you, whether it be the phone or juice or something like that, you know, something from the fridge, um, bring you your medication. Um, but having a service dog doesn't eliminate the need for these these devices that are able to and most people that have reached out to us asking for to learn more about service dog training or if we offer it i'd say 30 10 20 to 30 percent have an actual or at least they've said that they have an actual uh disability that they need help with um even as far as uh, social anxiety or anything along those lines the majority that reach out asking about that is because they want a dog that's further trained than just a, a dog that goes to puppy class right. they want a dog that goes beyond that i don't right. know if it's so that even if they don't uh hit the stars or at least they'll, they'll land on the moon so they have a dog that's okay yeah. right so i yeah i build this into like my adolescent program so i wait you know you have to wait for the dog to age in order to do some of these things they have to have some impulse control if they're going to be handing you things you give it a puppy a medicine bottle to hand to you they're going to destroy it and eat it and flip it all around so you got to wait till they're a certain age before you start working on these things yeah and where where a lot of where i lose a lot of people is i don't i don't question them but i do want to get them thinking uh, a little bit mainly because of the risk of in the wrong hands they're going to be uh told by someone oh yeah you want a service dog sure we can do that we can get to this we can get to that and uh as you both know a lot of people will take advantage of that. Right. But I'm trying to get people to tell me first and foremost why they want this. And then next would be who they want this for. Like, how this is dog? How is he already? If he's already, regardless of his age, if his demeanor is not even one that kind of fits the, the job description, really. I don't know if you want to spend 25000 or even, um, like, I don't know. I don't know if you want to put yourself in the line of fire where someone will tell you, hey, yeah, we can do it. And then when they try to do it after you've obviously already paid and whatnot, they they then let you know, oh, yeah, we've tried, but your dog just really isn't cut out for this. You can probably figure that out beforehand. Like really, really, really uh, try to figure out why you want your dog to do this, who you want this to be done by. What what dog are you trying to put in this, in this role yeah. that maybe they're not actually cut out for? And there's a whole team. There's a whole process involved. Like, so the healthcare professional needs to be um, in the loop that you need to know what the illness is in order to help train the dog properly. Um, and that's when can... there is an, an illness. Most people, I think, just want a, a to yeah. have a service dog or, or one that's a, uh, labeled as such, but just more so for, for I don't want to say the word control purposes, but for training or obedience related purposes like to status? not have any issues. Yeah, or just as a dog that's in a way bulletproof in terms of, oh, mm. my dog is a service dog, so he's never going to do anything wrong. Um, no, and you know, they a lot of times too, uh, people are not thinking about the well-being of the dog. So they, they want no. the dog to come out and maybe that dog is not... Um, like Amelia would make a great service dog, but in the house, um, not outside. Like she can give me things and she can close things and she can take the lights off. She can do all these things, but she's not going to make a great public access dog she can't be in public um so 
teaching the uh, handler to recognize stress um, and to get their dog out of there. And and there's so much more involved than what people just see. Oh, it's a service dog and it's just worth, it's with the person. I think that's what a lot of people see, but it goes well, further than that. You, let me ask you this, because it's funny you say from what people see, because I've, I've had a lot of people where I watch the shows with about these uh, documentaries, about these service dogs, or even on, on the street or at the mall, you'll see them, right? Do you ever think, hey, he looks sad. This dog looks like he's doing the job. He's doing something that mm -hmm. very few dogs can do. But is it what he wants to do? Or it's, it's what he can do very well, better than most, obviously, which is why he's doing it. But would he want, is it what he chose to do? And mm -hmm. I get he's a working breed, likely, very likely as well. But is it truly what he wants to do? In the documentary, I saw that the dog has to only play with the, with the handler um in the case of that dog that is meant to pick up on on her having a seizure is only meant to play with her and mm. he's enjoying it but when it comes time to like a guide dog or seeing eye dog that's helping someone with something they really need help with is the dog enjoying it yeah i wonder the same as well but i know that they do get outlets you know that is also part of like the dog's plan um but yeah again though like i don't know if people recognize this you can teach your dog service dog tasks like yes. i build it into my program right so the adolescent program we are teaching the dogs um you know how to retrieve an object how to close cupboard doors um we can teach them an alert so the microwave goes off so for someone who's hard of hearing um the microwave goes off the dog can take the person to where the sound has come from similar to the phone or the doorbell that kind of mm. stuff so we can teach those things if it's the behaviors that they're looking for but not necessarily that what comes with like the status of being a service dog um and i think it's important to recognize the differences between a service dog and a therapy dog so yes that's true yeah. a, a therapy dog is a dog whose just presence brings mm -hmm. you comfort yes. and is able to alleviate whatever um, stress, anxiety, whatever you may be feeling. There is no formal training for this dog. It's just their presence. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I get a lot of that as well, where someone yeah. will call and say, I want a therapy dog and I want to do therapy dog training. And I'll ask them, like, what does that look like? Because they don't actually require any type of training. Now, service dogs in public access so the ones you see on the buses and you know that are going to restaurants they need to be trained at a, a certain level so that they are not disruptive to you know the public and that they are able to continue to do their work and, and alert and provide the the service the tasks that they're they're trained to do in those environments so i think it's important 100%. Yeah. to kind of uh, make sure that people understand what the two are. But a lot of the times, like even the calls that I get, um, I think maybe two of them um, have been actually that, like actual legitimate service dog requests where the healthcare providers um, have been involved and have actually said this person requires it. And, and they knew exactly the behaviors that we were going to train and they were okay with giving their yeah. um, private information. I did have another person that said they'd like to train their service dog. And when I kind of gave them the uh, spiel about, you know, I need to have access to this and that. And, uh, you know, not that I need to, but we should all be on the same page. Right. So the vet should be involved, cool. know what we're working with. Um, you know, if you have occupational therapist, like if we train this, is, is this sufficient? That kind of thing. Um, and they said, well, you don't need to because I know exactly and that for me was a bit of a red flag because if you truly are interested and I'm supposed to help you, I should understand exactly how we're going to do that.
and take yeah. into consideration everything. Yeah, there's a lot to a lot to to consider. So getting people to to yeah to think about it twice, three times, and and so on because it's a, it's a huge commitment. It's not just uh, expectations on the dog, but then uh, from the handler to to the person they're doing it for, and uh, it's a money thing as well, and it's time consuming. And yeah, even these dogs that make it, yeah, I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of that's a lot that's being put on this dog's back. Um, and I'm hoping they also enjoy it, of course. And then, you know, a service dog is defined as a dog who has been trained to assist a person who has a disability. I wonder if there's, um, because you mentioned uh, the, the actual tasks, like if you just want your dog to do these service dog-like tasks, um, as opposed to him reaching that sort of um, status or, or um, uh, what, what would you call it, uh, accolade or uh, achievement mm-hmm. or something that's recognized um you know, by an airport or, or whatnot, something that no one can dispute. But if you can at least get your dog to do a lot of these really cool things, I wonder if, if for a lot of people that's that's enough, enough or they really, yeah, or if they really just want to be able to say, no, I have a service dog. I can take him everywhere. Um, and he's a service dog. Therefore, he shouldn't be, I don't know what, biting things, chewing mm-hmm. things, ever have you know, any issues, behavior. Any type of aggression. Yeah. Any type of behavioral issues, something like aggression, um, that's, they would not qualify um because yeah. they have to be out and be able to be among people and other dogs they they do have to concentrate um and and work so they're is not that what people dogs. are trying to eliminate are they trying to eliminate the possibility of their still young dog developing those things by having them become a service dog that's why i wonder with a lot of people that want I'm to not, go the route i'm not sure for me i've seen a lot of it being i want to travel on the plane I want my dog to come everywhere with me. Um, And I think that's what the problem is as well with like the airlines. The airlines are seeing those and I think therapy dogs are no longer allowed on planes either. So I think it's your dog can fit underneath the seat in front of you. The dog can be with you and service dogs. Other than that, they will have to be in cargo. Um, And I think it was because a lot of people were saying I have a therapy dog and the dog was not well behaved. And in, you know, and, and service dogs, it's, it's not a regulated industry. There's no like certification, you know, you, you, you're evaluated based on, um, you know, the behaviors that you're, you're working and, um, you're evaluated in public settings by another trainer, not someone who has kind of trained you, um, but they're legal, like, um, Mm -hmm. support dogs, therapy dogs are not considered service animals. Um, right. No, and they won't go through, they won't simulate um, an airplane ride likely mm-hmm. ever until they have to go through mm-hmm. the actual ride. And then if it, yeah, yeah. doesn't work. Um, and well. there's a lot to consider, like just going back to like when you have to, like your dog is showing stress, like service dogs do show stress as well. And you have to yeah. be able to recognize that as their handler and you have to give them appropriate breaks and things like that um you know there's other things to consider as well like how do you respond to the public if they start to ask you questions about your service dog um you do not have to disclose your disability to anybody but you you would have to respond and say my dog helps me do xyz um you don't have to show any formal paperwork like that sort of thing uh there's also like the whole little care package you should have with you when you have your dog so um traveling on a plane if your dog has to relieve themselves they are usually trained to go on a pee pad or something and they will alert you 
Um, I'm not sure how many people put so much thought into that. Um, You know, the uh, idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and they're always training. So I think that's also the false thing too, is that, oh, well, they're trained to do this, but they're always training. Um, The dog has alerted. Uh, well done. You know what I mean? Uh, in order to maintain and and strengthen those behaviors. Uh, so it's not all like, okay, I've completed two years and now yeah, we're just out in the room. Like, no, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It, it's if continuous. You buy a, a TV, you don't have to, you don't have to fix how it works. It just, it will work. But uh, yeah, I think that's the association people have oh, sometimes with guide dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they get them, they paid a lot, so it should just work. But it, it's, yeah, it doesn't just work. I mean, even a car, you have to change its oil. Like, you have to mm-hmm. maintain it. Um, and it's, it's if anything, it's more similar to any kind of training, um, which a lot of people struggle with doing just basic obedience training. It's hard. Add mm-hmm. guide dogs and real-life expectations, and it's a lot. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the dogs experience burnout and overstimulation and things like that, too. You have to be really mindful. Um, but yeah, different types of service dogs are like guide dogs, hearing dogs, you know, mobility assistance. Um, yeah, we did a group walk uh, to help them raise funds um, for the Lions Foundation of Dog Guides of Canada. But I'm sure they have they have it in their paperwork that uh, your dog has done this, 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 this is the environment they've done um, mm-hmm. well, and and they hopefully clearly indicate these are not the environments we've gone through. Or this is uh, like some kind of disclaimer. I don't know what that looks like for mm-hmm. them, but I'm sure it's it's not something as simple as our training policies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and I'm sure there's even things in there for their well-being, like, you know, maybe once a week, this needs to happen, X, Y, Z, um, that sort of thing. Uh, it, it's really hard right now in, in, in this industry and in this current environment to be like, when we get a service dog request, to want to be able to provide the service, but know that it's actually a legitimate service as well. Like that, yeah. don't just hire me because you think, you know, the dog can can do this. We have like, it, it's it's really it's really I find it's tough. <laughs> it's, cool. it, it's tough, it, and it's um there's a lot involved. So trainer and handler, we are training multiple times, multiple places. You know, we are proofing these behaviors. It is a lot. So you know dedication needs to be there time needs to be there obviously it costs money um and and to know at the end of the day that maybe your dog will be disqualified for something like you always have to have that in the back of your head and not speeding up the training so you know even with just regular pet dog training a lot of times we see progress and then we're like okay we're not gonna uh go light anymore we're gonna kind of like skip a few steps and and put the dog in a situation we can't you you can't um it it takes time uh you can't just take your dog out into like a home depot if they've never been you know just on the outskirts of a home depot or you know where dogs are allowed to go um you have to really have a plan and be prepared at some point something um it could go really well or the dog could be spooked and then that's that's the end of that yeah and you pay either way you you've True. committed i mean i guess like yeah. with regular training you pay either way and um yeah we can't uh even even with the service dog they're, they're not they're not sending someone to live with you where they're in full control of everything that happens to the dog 
not necessarily with the dog, right? They're still individual, but they, yeah, anytime that you change something or don't follow something, you're still held accountable for what you do with your dog. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Hopefully this gave you some food for thought on service dogs, therapy dogs, different tasks, different uh, types of work that they can perform. Yeah, this is definitely something we'd love to get into into again. Um, and if anyone has any further questions because they they know they need a service dog or um, an emotional support dog, uh, please make sure you're reaching out to an organization that is is recognized or do enough research, speak to your vet, make sure that whoever you're going with, regardless of the cost, promises, is is someone that you more than anything trust and you know can can help you, can help you actually get there. Yeah, that's that's great. That's a great way to wrap it up. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of My Dog Has Please. Thank you, Carlos, for joining us, and we'll see you at the next one. Bye.